Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening. I'm Dr. Maxine Thomas, and you are listening to Totally Whole Presents We Are One Woman Community Talk Show. We're excited to be on the air today, and our special topic this evening is My Sister is Hurting, How Can I Help? I recently did a study of challenges that women in America face in the 21st century. And my goodness, if we were to try to address all of those challenges this evening, there would just not be enough time. So for today's um, purposes, I'm going to try to highlight only a few of the challenges that women face today. So I'm going to do a little bit of discussion um, on some of these challenges and then I'm going to open up the air, open up the mic so that I can uh, have a conversation or a dialogue with you, my listening audience. I appreciate you today for calling in. Once again, this is Maxine Thomas with um, Totally Whole Presents We Are One Woman Community Talk Show. And as we look at the uh, challenges that women face today, statistics uh, reveal very staggering um, statistics that women face. And one such is that there are 450 million women who are physically impaired due to childhood malnutrition. In many societies, girls and their mothers, mothers can, um, they can only eat after the men and boys are fed. Um, another statistic shows us that women make up half of the world's population but only 1% of its wealth. Um, 70% of the 1.3 billion people who live in poverty today are women. A girl is twice as likely to not be educated as a boy. Another statistic is that there are 2 million girls, mostly in Africa and in the Middle East, who are mutilated through female circumcision to diminish their sexual desires. And, and so we see that there are, um, there's a lot of uh, attacks, there are a lot of attacks against women worldwide. But today we're trying to hone in and look at some of the attacks um, against women that are here in America. But what we must realize is that the worldwide attacks um, are kind of a reflection of what takes place here um, in the United States. Uh, I also want to specifically specifically look at um, some challenges that African-American women face. Uh, because uh, women worldwide face attacks, we must realize that African-American women face these attacks and others merely because of their race. We realize that while slavery um, in America ended in 1863 at the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, there are still blatant reminders of the negative stereotypes that were assigned to uh, black women during that particular time. And uh, some of these myths um, that have been assigned to black women is, uh, well, the first one I want to talk about is the inferiority myth. Um, and black women often work harder as a result of this particular myth to try to prove in many cases that they are just as adequate as other people in various realms of society. And this can be very detrimental to these women's health because they feel um, burdened and they are uh, feeling under pressure to try to work harder in order to gain the same respect 
um, that others have in society. Um, these strenuous efforts um, sometimes cause unfair pressure that results in them compromising their health and um, overworking in order to overcompensate. Um, not only the inferiority myth, but African-American women and other women as well face the unsafe American women face this myth because black women are thought by many to be unshakable. And for some black women, um, you know, we're just taught, it's just ingrained within us that we're not supposed to um, to break under the pressure, that we're supposed to be able to bear the burdens and to somehow remain strong. Um, and so as a result of this particular myth, a lot of times um, African-American women suppress their emotions. And, um, and, and so as a result, they sometimes feel that they're not allowed to express their disappointments and their um, vulnerabilities. And not only um, does it kind of uh, work against them in that way, but sometimes others put unfair and undue pressures on these women because they expect them to not break under the pressure. And as a result of that, um, even when it comes to domestic violence, these women are um, thought to uh, be able to take more than women who are non-African Americans. And this, uh, you know, this is really um, something that's unfair and it can have uh, very detrimental and harmful effects on on uh, black women. So uh, we're talking about some of the challenges that women face today, especially those that African-American women face. We're looking at some myths, the inferiority myth, the unshakable myth, and also the unfeminine myth. Um, due to being deemed so strong and being deemed as being invulnerable and unshakable, um, black women are stereotyped as being um, unfeminine. And so, um, you know, and so a lot of times black women uh, purposely try to suppress or mute their personality for fear that some may think that they're too loud or too aggressive or too strong. So consequently, their self-identity in many cases is diminished, and they may not be able to actually engage in self-expression which leads to um, the development of feelings of inadequacy and um, self-esteem issues. And we know that it's very important for women to have a, a healthy self-esteem. Um, even when we look at domestic violence and the effects of that within our communities, because that's the challenge that women face. Uh, men, of course, are abused as well, physically abused. But uh, statistics show that a greater percentage of women face domestic violence, and um, also rape and molestation and stalking and so forth. So um, some of the myths, once again, uh, present African-American women as being strong, and so even when they go for support or help when they're in a domestic violence uh, relationship, uh, unfortunately, because of uh, myths and uh, television, the media, and so forth, Black women are portrayed in a certain way that causes uh, some health agencies to even give different treatment to these women when they come for services, when they have been uh, abused within a relationship, or even when they have been raped, because once again, they're thought to be invulnerable. They're thought to be tough and strong and able to take a, a knock 
where um, other women would need um, certain help. But this just isn't true. It's untrue and it's unfair to these women because African-American women, as all women, still are vulnerable and still have um, needs for just as good of health services as anyone else. Uh, another myth that is, uh, you know, that is especially seen as related to black women is that they are prone to criminal behavior. And so uh, even myself, uh, sometimes when I go into a store, uh, for example, in Kroger or in Walmart, uh, because of the uh, myth that black women are prone to criminal behavior, I find myself even wondering if a person is going to think, uh, even though, of course, I know that I wouldn't do it, but uh, because of the myths and because this is also ingrained within us that uh, that persons may think, people may think that we're trying to uh, steal, shoplift, or do something that's deviant. Uh, for some of us, you know, sometimes we can be affected in such a way that we feel that we have to walk further away from someone who has left their pocketbook in the shop, in the shopping cart. And I don't know if you in my listening audience, if you can relate to that feeling, but it's because of these uh, misnomers and these myths that we are deviant. And so uh, because even though we know that we wouldn't do it, uh, we feel that others are looking at us thinking that we may do it. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that way. But anyway, another um, myth is the sexually promiscuous and irresponsible myth. And this is to say that uh, there are some myths that say that black women are sexually permissive, and, uh, but statistics prove otherwise. Uh, statistics show that black women are actually less sexually permissive than non-African and African-American women. Um, studies show that white women actually tended to have more sexual relationships during adolescence and were more likely to initiate sex with their partners um, and more likely also to engage in oral sex and anal sex and so forth. And so we know that even though black women are portrayed as being more sexually promiscuous, uh, statistics and research uh, prove differently. Um, and so we're thinking about some of the challenges that women face and not only these uh, American myths, but also exploitation and dehumanization. And, uh, of course, women have historically been exploited in numerous ways, including sexually. And when I say women, I'm speaking, once again, specifically of African-American women. And so uh, there was a time, of course, in our history, the history of our country, where uh, African-American women did not have power over their own bodies. And uh, just generally speaking, up until maybe 50 or so years ago, women in general did not have power over their own bodies. And even in the 21st century, we find that because of some ethical standards and even within some religious circles that there are laws and legislation that is put into place um, that uh, seem to show that women still do not have power or say when it comes to um, to our bodies. Uh, and so but that's a topic for another uh, discussion. Uh, in any event, another uh, uh, challenge that women face is, uh, I, I mentioned it briefly, health disparities and so forth. Um, the 2010 Black Women's Agenda shows 
that the life expectancy for a black woman in 1970 was 68.3 years. Now her life expectancy is 77 years. But even so, we find that there are so many health challenges that are especially prevalent within the African-American community, especially with black women. And one of those is a subject that's not um, uh, unfamiliar to any of us, uh, and that is HIV-AIDS. And uh, we find that in our country that uh, this particular group, um, black women, has the highest statistical number of new cases of HIV. And so uh, we know that there are some uh, programs that are in place, and we have health departments and also churches. Um, I'm the assistant pastor at Quinn Chapel AME Church, and my husband, uh, Reverend Troy Thomas, is the pastor there. We're here in Louisville, Kentucky. And so we have programs at our church, and we're hoping, and we're seeing also other churches that have programs that addresses um, HIV AIDS awareness. We can't have too much information, especially when this uh, particular uh, situation or health disparity is prevalent within our communities, especially with black women. And so we're, uh, you know, sort of looking at some challenges for those of you who may be just joining us on the air. Um, we're talking about my sister is hurting. How can I help? But I'm just kind of going over some challenges that we face as women, particularly those of African-American women. Um, violence against women. Women have experienced violence in many forms um, and at the hands of strangers and also at, at the hands of acquaintances. Uh, some women um, experience violence within their homes on a regular base, um, basis, but uh, when it happens the first time, that's an indication that there's a problem, there's a breakdown, there's an issue, a situation that needs to be addressed. And so it's important that um, if women are going to uh, survive within their homes in a situation like that, they no need to know about services that are available within our communities. And they need to realize that, um, that it's not their fault because so many times when a woman is in an abusive relationship, the church and religious community has even been guilty of asking that woman, well, what did you do to, to uh, you know, to cause him to become so upset that he would, um, you know, brutalize you in such a way? Um, we're looking at some of these challenges, but we want to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. And I have a question that I want to uh, throw out to you for your consideration. We'll be right back after this commercial. Welcome to the Family Healing Circle, where we inspire awareness, manifesting, motivating, and educating every day. On Sundays, it's Make Me Feel It Radio with Stacey Ferguson. This show is starting a movement as it seeks to inspire people to grow and change the world through personal and financial development. On Mondays is Totally Whole with Pastor Cook and Dr. Maxine. This show addresses issues related to spirituality and mental health. On Tuesdays, it's Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show will help you get your money right and your financial house in order. On Wednesdays, it's the RN Perspective with our own RN, Stacey Lamore. Change the way you think about health by understanding the connection you have with all things 
and how your habits affect your health. Learn to heal holistically. On Thursdays, it's four weeks, four different shows. Five weeks, five different shows. The first Thursday of the month is Total Empowerment, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out with Angela Hardy. The second Thursday of the month is One Love, One Connection, One Us. Turn your relationship into a spiritual union with Reverend Arlene Cahet and Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. The third Thursday of the month is the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam, a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. The fourth Thursday of the month is the Inner Consciousness with Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. This show explores the inner world of our mind and gives advice on spiritual growth and self-healing. The fifth Thursday of the month is Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahet, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. On Fridays, it's Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. It's sexual health and fitness like you've never heard it before with Vondria Walters and Zakia Lana. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 to 9 p.m. every day. And now, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Family Healing Circle Media. Family Healing Circle, healing the mind, body, and soul. Break the cycle of mediocrity. Did you know that most people don't like waking up to an alarm clock every morning? How would you like to make a full-time income working part-time from home? The largest percent of people who make six-figure or more do it from a home-based business. You can design your own future with a company that is fun, fast, friendly, and rewarding. The Limu Company is new to the Baltimore area, looking for a few good men and women. If you are a leader and you're sick and tired of the Monday to Friday 9 to 5 grind, if you want to set your own schedule and pay, contact Gloria at 443-326-1943. That's 443-326-1943 or email gleach7 at verizon.net. That's gleach7 at verizon.net. I'll see you at the top. Hello. I'm Dr. Maxine Thomas, and you're listening to Totally Whole Presents We Are One Woman Community Talk Show. Uh, just to bring those of you up to speed of where we are, we're discussing My Sister is Hurting, How Can I Help? And I just finished sharing uh, just a little brief overview of some of the many challenges that women face, especially those that black women face in America today in the 21st century. And so at this time, if you are listening, please call in, dial in. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. Dial 646-929-0630. That's 646-929-0630. And press option one uh, to talk to me, your host. Uh, the question, the first question is, what are some of the hindrances to women helping other women who are hurting because of their life circumstances? Call 646-929-0630 and press option one to talk to me on the show. Thank you. I'm waiting to hear from you. Hi. How are you doing today? Hi. 
it's good to have you on the air. Um, yes, well, we're talking yes. about uh, some of the uh, problems and challenges. Um, can you uh, think of some reasons why or hindrances to women helping other women today? Um, you know, one of the things that I did listen to when you when you talked a little bit earlier um, about the hindrances, I think that when you talked about the idea of perception of women being, you know, especially black women being strong, um, one of the things that I have found was that I think because of that particular idea of perception, uh, some of the black women that I knew, they they were living in that energy. Um, in fact, I, I think that some of the the individuals that I had actually actually the like the men that that were familiar mm-hmm. with the the same type women really felt yeah. that the that that these were women who were trying to act like men. So mm. when there was somebody who there was a woman that came in with energy that was sort of contrary to that. It 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 was you know there was this sort of like this underlying conflict with with these women who were having this overly masculine energy and then some of the women who who did not actually possess that and this this seems to mm-hmm. be something that's like yes. coming across generationally and if there's any particular conflict I think with women helping women that may be something that may be going on that there's this idea that women are supposed to be um, women are supposed to be stronger or you know mm-hmm. you know you know get yourself together and there's yes. sort of like this lack of compassion instead of providing more of a support or a how to uh, in a bit of a loving manner, but at, at least that was my experience. Yes, and, and you're right. I think it is. Um, thank you very much for that because I think it is generational in some things that we see, um, you know, even when we go back as far as to, um, you know, when black women um, were and still are in many cases the heads of their households due to um, circumstances. We know that, of course, historically um, this was the case due to, um, you know, sometimes the man was separated and sent to another place um, during slavery, mm-hmm. of course, and so sometimes the woman was left alone. And even after slavery, um, in many cases, the man um, or the husband or father, the children, um, would go up north, um, migrate from the south to try to mm-hmm. make a better living. And so, and in some cases, the pressure was uh, so great um, you know, the racism and pressure was so great on some of our men that they ultimately did um, leave their families unprotected. And so I think um, that, you know, some women have felt that they had to uh, present a certain image. And then, um, you know, even in the media images, once again, you know, that you talked about as well, that, you know, that, that people had this um, misnomer that, that we're strong, which we are because we had to be and have to be strong, but that we still need help and we need support and mm-hmm. we need, um, you know, churches need more ministries for um, for women. Um, and you, but what, I mean, what do you think, what can we pass on to our daughters when it comes to, um, you know, how should they cope? Should we teach them to, you know, to be strong under the circumstances or, or should we um, say to them that they need to, uh, you know, to show their vulnerabilities or I'm the mother right. of three daughters, three wonderful daughters. 
Um, I, I think that I think that it is important that that um, that we as women, you know, get to that point where we're we're where we're learning how to attract a mate that um, that will allow that vulnerability to come forth, um, mm-hmm. and and you know and, and sort of teach uh, teach them that that their at least their their partnership should be a soft place to mm-hmm. fall so that you're able to mm-hmm. have those moments of weakness. Because, um, you know, there is no one that's going to be able to stand under that pressure all of the mm-hmm. time. Something yes. is going to yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I speak from experience when I said is say that because um, in my marriage I was not really allowed to do that. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the, the man that at that time... Um, you know, could not stand to see me cry, mm-hmm. um, and there, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it wasn't really, it wasn't even so much that too much, a lot, whole lot was required of him, other than saying, you know what, baby, it's going to be okay, hugging and kissing. That mm-hmm. might have, that would have, you know, sub, you know, but, uh, but this mm-hmm. expert, you know, to kind of study the person that that they're they're interested in. Seeing if they can be mm-hmm. vulnerable with that person, um, and yeah. and sometimes I think that some women, you know, don't let their men know they they're holding mm-hmm. it down all the time. That mm-hmm. the man, they just don't know. They the man just doesn't know that he's going to be needed in right. that particular way. So it, it, yeah. it is a good thing to actually encourage your daughters and to actually provide that example if you have somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have somebody that's around you that you can mm-hmm. share that with, and and not mm-hmm. you know, yeah, most definitely. I I think that it is uh, something that should be done, uh, or something yeah. that should actually be taught mm-hmm. and discussed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and um, you know, it's it's really interesting because on the one hand, as mothers, um, a lot of mothers teach their daughters that they have to make. I mean, the daughters. A lot of times we say the mothers are harder on daughters, and they, um, you know, kind of want the daughters to be a certain way because they know that it's not easy out here in this world. And so mothers try to prepare their daughters. And so in essence, um, through their preparations, they're uh, teaching them, uh, which is a good thing on the one hand, to be tough, um, and to realize that they have to, you know, learn how to be independent and fathers, you know, of course, also teach, try to teach their daughters to, um, you know, be independent, especially today in the 21st century. I mean, you know, and I'm kind of from school, I guess, so, um, yes, I'm, you know, I believe in equality for all people and humanity. I'm there at the uh, Women's Center. Um, I'm the director of the Women's Center at uh Louisville Seminary here in Louisville, Kentucky, and so it's a, a center where we promote advocacy for women and women's rights and so forth, and uh, we provide a, you know, open space where people can come and discuss these issues that women face, and I think that, you know, one, one issue that we face is that on the one hand, we have to be tough. We teach our daughters, fathers and mothers teach our daughters to be tough. But on the other hand, we have to realize that we still have feelings, that we get hurt as well. 
And I know the mm-hmm. old adage is that women cry and boys don't. But in many cases, especially with black women, we're taught that we're supposed to bear the brunt. We're not supposed to break under the pressure. And, um, you know, even in the Bible, when we look at um, Mrs. Job, and I call her Mrs. Job because we don't know what her name was, but her husband was Job <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> All we know is that she was the wife of Job. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they look at her and they say, well, you know, well, she was an awful woman. When we hear a sermon about Mrs. Job, uh, nine times out of ten, she's the one, that terrible woman who told Job that he ought to curse God and die. And they leave it at that. A lot of preachers have been guilty of just leaving it at that. But how many people have looked at Mrs. Job from the viewpoint that just as Mr. Job lost his children, so did she. And just mm-hmm. as Mr. Job lost all of his cattle and even lost his health, um, she was affected by each of these things as well. Mm-hmm. Again, because we are taught that we're supposed to be tough, we look at Mrs. Job, and even as women, some women even scrutinize her and say, oh, what a terrible woman she was. But really, if we look at ourselves, um, we are the Mrs. Job's at times because there have been times in our lives when we either broke under the pressure, we may not have said, you know, to our husband or to anyone to curse God and die, but there have been times, and possibly there are times when we, if we didn't break under the pressure, that we should have. Um, made ourselves a little more vulnerable to show our Mm -hmm. humanity. And so, uh, you know, these are very interesting, you know, things to discuss. Yeah, and even even with that particular uh, that particular part of the the Bible, I think that what Mm -hmm. people really need to be mindful of is that, you know, just imagine if all of the stuff that happened, you know, to him happened to her, you know, right. losing mm-hmm. losing your family, that she was speaking from a place of pain. And, mm. you know, how, you know, yes. what, you know, what type of, if, when you're in pain, you, you have the least amount of sympathy, the least amount of compassion. You're, you're not, you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it's probably, it's really kind of unfortunate that her part of the story does not get told. Um, because I'm sure yeah. that, like for Job, uh, there was an evolutionary process with her as well. So yeah. yes, yes, mm-hmm. and that you know that brings thank you, and that you know brings me to um, another question. So um, you know, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, I've enjoyed <laughs> the dialogue with you, and I hope others that they're listening that you know that if you uh, care to call in, we're going to have another question coming up after we take. Uh, not a break, but we have some music that we would just like for you to listen to because a lot of times we go through challenges and, you know, whether it's feeling like breaking under the pressure or pain that we are experiencing, um, you know, but we need to be ministered to. And so I pray that this next song will truly minister to your heart.
know that all things are working for my good. Yeah, she's intentional. Never failing, all things are working for my good. She's intentional. Hey, and it's never failing.
All right. I hope that that um, ministered to somebody out there to know that all things are working for our good. Whatever it is that uh, the enemy, and we know that our enemy is the devil, you know, who is out there trying to, uh, seeking whom he can devour. Um, And, you know, we just want you to know that even though the enemy may have meant it for harm, that God can take it and make something good come from it. No matter what your circumstances are today, God wants you to know that there is healing available to you, there is help available, and yet there is hope that's available. Whatever circumstance that you're in, whatever you're facing today, uh, once again, we you know, are excited about an opportunity to come before you as Totally Whole is presenting We are One Woman Community Talk Show. Um, Another question that I want to just kind of throw out to us, since we're talking about my sister is hurting, how can I help? Um, What can women do to help other women who are hurting? You know, a lot of times um, we hear women say, I'd rather be friends with a man than to be friends with another woman. And we know that for most of us, we probably can remember times that we were maybe betrayed, by another woman, we were hurt or disappointed. Uh, let's be real. You know, a lot of us um, are carrying a lot of baggage when it comes to our relationships with other women. But yet and still, as women, we have a special ability and a gift to uh, be able to uh, be compassionate and to also to, uh, you know, to understand what another woman or sister is going through because we're women ourselves. So what can women do? What can we do to help a sister out, a sister who is hurting? Please call us. Once again, dial 646-929-0630 and press option one uh, to talk to me. All right. Waiting for your call. There are a lot of women who are hurting And God wants us to know that, um, you know, that we have something special to offer hurting women. One um, thing that's special that we can offer um, hurting women is just the um, opportunity for them to be who they are, to allow Uh, them to share their stories. Dr. Dr. Hello. There there is somebody that is on the line, Um, uh, um, area code 410-913. You're on the air. Yes, hi. It's uh, hi. Dr. Rose. Hello, hi, Dr. Rose. <laughs> Dr. Maxine. Um, How are you today? Uh, Arlene. Yeah. yeah, I always wanted to respond to your question. What can we as women do to help other women who are hurting? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think first we have to recognize as you're the title of your show is that we are one woman. We have to recognize mm-hmm. that that we are connected, that mm-hmm. just because there are differences, maybe in culture or age or socioeconomic status or whatever that uh, external uh, difference might be, internally mm-hmm. and as far as our gender is concerned, we we are very much the same. So I think, first of all, we have yeah. to recognize that, that we are one 
we have very similar issues no matter where we live in this world. We have very similar issues. That's the first thing. And I think secondly, we have to demonstrate empathy. We have to Mm -hmm. put ourselves Mm -hmm. in that woman's shoes because sometimes we stand in criticism, you know, we stand in uh, blaming, and we can mm-hmm. create a division between ourselves and another woman because of maybe yes. something that we might not like or, you know, some difference that, you know, causes us to have ill feelings. But if we empathize and recognize mm-hmm. that perhaps we've been there too or, mm-hmm. you know, someone close to us might have been in that situation. And if we yes. haven't been there already, we will experience uh, a similar uh, pain or issue. So, yes, it's, you know, so, stepping so outside. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, stepping outside of ourselves and seeing, yes. seeing, because, you know, mm-hmm. we cannot help if we can't see. Mm. And listening, yes. we have to hear. You know, not mm-hmm. here with uh, self-centeredness, but here with other-centeredness. So we can actually hear the pain of that sister. Yes. And then the yes. other thing that I've learned in my work is that people are really doing the best they can. Mm. You know, we recognize yes. that we have mm-hmm. issues, uh, culture uh, race, uh, social economic status, hurts, problems, but given all of that, where we are in the moment, we are doing yes. the best that we can. And it's not to say that we can't do better, but right here where we sit with our issue, with our pain, with our struggle, or even with yes. our disposition that might appear to be hurtful or whatever label uh, we might want to put on it, but recognize that people are doing the best they can. Yes, yes. So I like that. Yes, thank, um, thank you, Dr. Rose. And, you know, one thing that you know, I really like that you said that the show capsulizes, um, you know, that if we would, uh, you know, center in on the fact that we are one woman and that our sister's mm-hmm. pain is really our pain and that, you know, her joys as well are our joys. And a lot of times the reason why we, um, you know, we don't help others is because we're looking at the differences and not looking at the fact that we are one and that we do have similar experiences. Our experiences may not be the same, but each of us has been through some things that have been hurtful. And I believe that, you know, that, that you're exactly right, that we need to empathize more with others to see ourselves you know, in their situation and to not look down mm-hmm. on others. And I think, yeah, um, Dr. Yeah. Rose, that it's a matter of the heart. And a lot of times the reason why we fail to or we cannot empathize with other women who are hurting is because we have so much stuff in our hearts mm. and in our experiences. Mm. We need to ask God to um, give us a clean heart. And a lot of times the people that we despise the most is because we see something in them that we're afraid of that's really in ourselves. And so sometimes we're afraid to reach out to that woman, um, maybe that woman who is um, in an abusive or domestic violence 
um, relationship because we see some yeah. inadequacy maybe in some of our relationships. But, um, you know, we have to have empathy, as you said, and we have to sense that we are one and that, yes, that we are yeah. also our sister's keeper, that we have a, a responsibility mm-hmm. to one another. Yeah. And, you know, it's not just me trying to get where, you know, I want to go, but um, but when I had been converted, that I ought to want to strengthen my sister and to ask myself and ask God even, what can I do to help my sister? Um, can I use an experience that I've had, my testimony? Maybe my testimony something that I went through. If I wouldn't, um, you know, be stingy and hold back on it, if I shared my testimony, then maybe my testimony could help to strengthen somebody else. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's in the storytelling, allowing women to be who they are, to be themselves, um, you know, and all of that is a part of allowing women to share their stories, besides us trying to finish their story for them. I mean, have you ever been in a yeah. conversation with someone, Dr. Rose, and before they could finish, <laughs> before you could finish the sentence, they finished it for you? <laughs> yes. And, I mean, it just seems yes. like, you know, to me that, you know, one thing that we can do to help help other women is let them finish mm-hmm. their story. When they're telling their story, don't try to interject, you know, our opinion mm-hmm. and our thoughts. Let them feel free to talk and to share and even to cry, you know, to, to finish mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm wondering, um, Dr. Rose, you know, um, about religion and, you know, God. What what role religion and God can play in the healing process for women? I'm enjoying talking to you, Dr. Yeah. Rose. I know there may be some others out there. That's, you know, if you can just, you know, talk to us about that a little bit. You know, I just believe that, you know, as women, uh-huh. you know, our faith, can yes. actually be used to help us heal. And, yes. you know, in my work with helping women uh, understand faith and women mm-hmm. understanding uh, God and God images, I think we have to mm-hmm. identify what are some of the images that uh, women have of God. And mm-hmm. sometimes women do not have an accurate image of who God is and how he's able to heal because what happens is some women project onto God their personal experiences. They mm-hmm. might have been hurt or abused. They might have come mm-hmm. from situations where there were uh, absent uh, parents or uh, parents who mm-hmm. were inconsistent. So what yeah. happens is they have created God in their own image as opposed to mm, recognizing yes. God, seeing God as he is and embracing mm-hmm. the true image of God. So I think what has to happen first is we have to understand and assess uh, what is that woman's image of God and help to mm. shape that image so that the image is healthy and that the image, uh, there's mm. a book called Mistaken Identity. And what has mm-hmm. happened is that we have mistaken God for people who were hurtful. We have mistaken God for people who were absent. We have mistaken God for mm-hmm. people who did not help us. Mm-hmm. So we have to reassess that person's image of God and help them to uh, create uh, healthy images and see God for healthy who he images. is yes. and then interject those attributes of God into their own story, help them to 
identify places where God was mm-hmm. present. Because mm-hmm. sometimes yes. because there's still anger or lingering thoughts that are inaccurate, it, it prevents us from seeing God. But once we come to embrace mm-hmm. the true God, yes. come to yes. understand his true attributes and just how much he loves us and just how present he has been throughout our lives, through the good and the bad, then we can yes. allow faith to help us to heal. Yes, yes. And that's, uh, that's exactly right. I, you know, I like that, Dr. Rose, because, you know, sometimes we do have an image of God based off of the absentee parent. Um, for example, if the father was absent from the child's home, and a lot of us grew up, I grew up with like a father, um, you know, in the home. And so a lot of times, um, you know, we look at God and we kind of replace God with the image of our um, biological father, unfortunately. And sometimes fathers who were even present in the home, but, you know, even in a positive vein, um, you know, for those who had fathers, and there are a whole lot of good fathers, you know, out there who love their um, children and who would do anything for their children. And they, um, you know, they present a good and positive image um, of God, our Father. And we realize that, you know, even that God can be uh, not only a father figure, but he can also be a mother figure to us. And, you know, and we know, of course, in the black church, when we're preaching, when we get in stride, we say God will be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless. And, and of course, he's going to say a bridge over troubled waters. And so we have all of these images of who God is to us. But unfortunately, once again, for some of us, we didn't have a positive image of a father. And so we don't know what it means to have a God who really loves us or a God who really provides for us and takes care of us. And so it is helping us to realize that, you know, some of those images have to be replaced with a positive image of who God is um, and can be in their lives. And, um, you know, religion and God does play an important part in the healing process. And that's not to say that, um, you know, once again, I'm the uh, director of the Women's Center there at uh, Louisville Seminary. And, um, you know, one thing that we don't want to mistake is that we can hide behind the church and prayer Mm -hmm. and forget about the real, um, you know, the, the responsibility, rather, of being advocates and advocating for women because that's also um, very important. But um, God is important in the process of healing. It's important Mm -hmm. to have advocacy for women. It's important to have shelters. It's important to come together, for example, at the Women's Center, which is open to um, men and women to come and to discuss and to uh, seek solutions and to try to work through issues and address challenges. But we can't leave God out of the picture because we still Mm -hmm. need God. We need prayer. Uh, Women who are hurting need a safe place, yes, but uh, we also need prayer. We need both. We need to be hand-in-hand with the spiritual aspect and also with advocacy. Um, And speaking of which, I want to, um, uh, to thank you, Dr. Rose, and those others who are listening in. And I want to just share a very brief, uh, meditation, a devotion, and something for us to consider that if we um, are going to help our sisters who are hurting, and for that matter, if we're going to find help for ourselves, that we have to find a place of solitude. 
And so God mm. calls us as women to find that special place of solitude. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, that Jesus often withdrew to a lonely to lonely places and prayed. And so as we think about what we can do to help our sisters who are hurting, and that is the role that religion and God can play, um, once again, prayer is vital, um, making sure that we, as we seek to help other women, that we're in a position as far as our spirituality is concerned to be able to offer something to other women. And also taking care of our spiritual selves because each and every one of us will be hit by um, at some point on tragedy at some level or respect we will be hit by unfair circumstances that may um, come our way. And uh, sometimes it can seem like, you know, when it rains, it pours. And so that's why we have to do as Jesus did, um, withdraw to a lonely place and pray. Jesus goes up early in the morning. And um, when we think about the discipline of solitude, women must, must learn to find a quiet space where they may hear from God. Now, our quiet space may be at the kitchen table. Our quiet space may be in the bathroom while we're taking a shower. It may be, uh, you know, maybe while we're driving to work or, you know, uh, but whatever that place is, wherever that place is, we should find a quiet place where we are able to hear from God. There are so many voices out there. There's so many pressures out there um, that are vying for our attention. So we have to, as, uh, as our ancestors used to say, we have to steal away and we have to have a little talk with Jesus. Solitude is a place where, um, you know, where, where, where we're able to leave the cares and the pressures of everyday life. It's not to say that some of those pressures will disappear, but we have to take our, take our mind off of our pressures and our problems and circumstances and put our eyes on God. The Bible tells us that we are to uh, lift up our eyes into the hills from whence cometh our help, knowing that all of our help comes from the Lord. So as we seek for that place of solitude, the first thing that we have to do is seek to find a space that is quiet, For in quietness we hear God's voice. The second thing that we have to do is seek to settle our mind and our thoughts. So God's thoughts are high above our thoughts. The third thing that we have to do is seek to relax and to enjoy the pervading quietness. For only as we are still will we know God is God. God is God. God is God. And then we have to seek to sense and know God's presence. For in God's presence is fullness of joy. If you want uh, to have joy, then learn how to have solitude and get into the presence of the Lord. And we can do that when we're in worship, in corporate worship, but how wonderful it is when we can find us, even um, when we're at home all by ourselves, and where we can just find that place of solitude and worship the Lord. And maybe even sometimes cry before the Lord, release and shed those tears. Sometimes they, they will be tears of pain and grief and sorrow. And sometimes there's even tears of joy that we will shed. But while we're alone and in the presence of the Lord, we're able to experience the fullness of his joy. And then finally, for the discipline of solitude, seek to be and not to do or say. For the greatest service that we can do, that you and I can do, is to simply 
be. Let us um, pray. I just wanted to lift up a prayer. There may be some women who are hurting out there and who need um, their hearts to be healed. Um, I don't know. It may be a relationship um, or it may be a health um, condition that some woman is facing. But we all need prayer. We all need prayer. Um, So let us look to the Lord. Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord. We thank you, O oh God, for your omnipotence, for your goodness, for your grace, and for your mercy. We thank you that, yes, God, you are our father and our mother and our brother and our sister. You are our way maker, our bridge, our, oh, God, you are everything to us, everything that we need you to be. And, Father, as we come to you today, we just say that we love you and we adore you, God. We present ourselves to you, O oh God. Father, send by life circumstances, and God, we realize that there are so many challenges that we face today as women, challenges of health disparities and challenges of domestic violence and challenges of God of those uh, images, those negative images and myths, American myths about uh, black women today. But Father, we realize that you're a great God, that you're able to heal all of our hurts and our disappointments. And God, whatever it is that we're facing today, oh God, we realize that we do not face it alone. For God, you said in your word that you would never leave us nor forsake us, oh God. And Father, we just cry out to you today, oh God. Touch that woman that needs healing right now. Father, touch the one who needs an emotional healing right now. Somebody may be um, experiencing poverty, oh God, and they don't know where the money is coming from to pay their bills. But, oh God, we thank you, oh God, that you're able to supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. God, we want to thank you, Lord God, for the Women's Center, Lord, at Louisville Seminary, Lord God. Not only the Women's Center, but other places that are safe spaces where women and men can come, oh God, and where we can look at challenges and trials and things that women face today, oh God, and we can seek solutions, oh God. Oh, we just pray now, Lord, that you would heal us, oh God, heal our brokenness, oh God. And Father, we pray that you would help us, oh Lord, to know how to reach out to our sisters who are hurting, oh God. We don't have all of the answers to each problem, to each challenge, to each circumstance. But, God, we know that you have the answer, for you are the answer, oh God. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify you. Cover us. Cover us with your blood. Cover us with your peace and with your power. We ask it all in Jesus' mighty name. And our hearts, souls, and minds, all on one accord, say amen, amen, and amen. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to Totally Whole Presents We Are One Woman community talk show. I'm Dr. Maxine Thomas. Please join us in two weeks from today, same time and same place, for we are One Woman community talk show. God bless you. See you next time.